Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Confessional. My name is Mike Moran, and I am joined, as always, by producer Jimmy Seleski. How are you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing well, dude. I uh, I got to say, I was having a summit. You texted me that we got to be done by like 12.50, and right. I was like, okay, I'm going to get stuff set up, and then I remembered Zoom. And every time <laughs> I had to do anything with Zoom, it is like recalibrating my entire... It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. We actually... This is kind of like record time. It only took us like signing into three different accounts, plugging right. in six different cords. That's actually good for us All right. when it comes to Zoom. So that's play. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's only been a year of us using Zoom constantly. Yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still trying to <laughs> no. adjust this whole pandemic <laughs> right, thing. Right. I don't know. if it's... Uh, Are we supposed to be wearing masks over Zoom, by the way? I believe so. Well, just don't, just don't. Yeah. Yeah. If you could, if you could push the uh, <laughs> iPad back. We're standing six feet away from the iPad that's right true. now. It's good. Wait, hold on. Oh, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Jimmy, that is our, our guest today, who, uh, who is uh, starting his own podcast. Nice. He's, uh, he's starting a podcast about the franchise of The Crow. You know The Crow? I was just, uh, we were ta- discussing beforehand, I have never seen the movie, but okay. over Halloween I was watching AMC's uh, Fear Horror Fest or whatever it is, right. where Fear, they do like... Fear Fest, I Fear think. Fear yeah, Fear Fest. That sounds better. It should be Fear Fest if it's, it's not. not Fear Fest. I think it might be Scream Fest. Is that Scream, it? Scream. Now I I don't know. Scream a Palooza. <laughs> Scream a Palooza. That's what it is. Right. That's what it was. Um, but uh, I was watching that, and they had the little documentary about the making of the Crow. Oh. So I've I've seen that. I know everything that you could possibly know about the Crow besides what the movie was. <laughs> so you're like. a, you're a Crow expert. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, just, yeah. You just haven't watched the movie. Yet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, anyway, this uh, this guy's a, a great comedian, good friend of mine around uh, the Maryland area. He's uh, uh, he's been on the confessional before. Jimmy came down to the studio last year. Yeah, just well, found you, that out. Please welcome, Mister Chris Lawrence. Hi, Chris. Hey guys, how you doing? Hello. Hi. I am good. Very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry that uh, I put a time constraint on us. I'm actually in the parking lot of my kids' dance school right now, waiting for them to come out. That's that's where I'm filming. Oh my! Even goodness. though it looks like a brick wall. Yeah. I know. Don't let the brick wall fool you. Well, I mean, you know, I, it could be a brick dance studio. Yeah, they have those. Yeah. That's true. Well, this is what we need you to do. Um, can you just be negligent for like 20 minutes, maybe? Just uh, drive to another parking lot. <laughs> Come back and. Oh yeah, dude! I have no no I, no problem being negligent. I, it's all good. Awesome. Let's do it. Awesome. <laughs> now, Chris, you are starting a new podcast. What's this podcast going to be called? So the podcast is called Franchise It, and the whole idea it initially started with me just thinking I wanted this to do kind of like a mini series about the crow, right? Um, because you know, as you mentioned, I'm a big crow fan. But then I was like, you know what? There's a bunch of other franchises that oh. you, know, you have podcasts where people talk about movies. Right. Do those um, exist? But 
Yeah, they do. Oh, okay. Um, but I Wasn't decided sure. I was gonna do, I was gonna do one movie. I was gonna do an entire franchise, one movie a week. Oh, so okay. I decided. Yeah. I, I didn't know that, and so I was, was wrong. It's not it's not a crow based podcast. That's just gonna be the first franchise that you get into. Yeah. So okay. I have three more podcast, uh, three more franchises at least for this quote first season. All right. It's gonna be the Burton Schumacher Batman movies. Okay. Um, the original series cast Star Star Trek movies. All right. So Star Trek, the the original motion picture up through Star Trek: The Undiscovered Country, and then uh, the three major league movies. Wow, wasn't expecting major league in that. Yeah, that kind of came out of the uh, left field. Came out of left field. <laughs> what is? Uh, why major league? Is that? So is that uh, being recognized by the um, Library of you know Congress what, man? this I mean, year? Like or I was trying to. <laughs> no, I was actually trying to balance out like. You know, I have like kind of a, you know, some people would consider The Crow to be, I, some people have called it a horror movie, which I don't necessarily agree with. And mm. then sci-fi and then a comic, another oh, okay. comic book action film and Batman. And then I thought rounded out with a comedy and I wanted, I wanted to wrap everything up before the start of baseball season. So major league. All perfect, right. That's perfect. great. I, I like and, that. And I also made. Yeah, uh, I was just gonna say I like that you're that you're thinking outside the box there, not doing the same the same old thing. But what were you gonna say? Thinking outside the batter's box, that is. Uh, outside the batter's box. No, what I was gonna say is Major League happens to be my favorite baseball movie. Really? Um, and then yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. I yeah, I do. Uh, we need a new base. When's the last time there's been a good baseball movie? Moneyball, maybe. That was good. Oh, Moneyball was a great movie. Well, I haven't seen it. But. Um, oh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there were the Benchwarmers, that terrible movie with David Spade. I can't think of another great baseball movie like outside like The Sandlot. Right. Um, Inglorious you know, Bastards kind of was. Or that. Yeah. Oh yeah, Inglorious Bastards definitely you. was kind of a baseball movie. I guess you can. Yeah. Good call. Thank you. Um, oh. The Jackie Robinson movie, 40, uh, 42. Oh, that, yeah. That was a good baseball movie. Haven't seen that either. I haven't seen that either. Yeah. But, <laughs> hey, if you say so. <laughs> that's, all, that's almost its own genre, the baseball movie. Baseball movie, movie yeah. yeah. Like if, if you're going to do a sports movie, it's got to be baseball, right? Mm -hmm. That or uh, any other sport. You know? but mostly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did Air Bud ever play baseball? He must have. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm sure. Uh, that was actually a franchise I was thinking about covering. Really? At some point, is Dude, Airbus. there's like a billion yeah, like entries in it. Those. There's like all these spinoffs. It's crazy. I can't imagine. I feel like baseball must be the one sport that Airbud could not have possibly played, even in a movie. <laughs> How did he hold? He the could bat? bunt. <laughs> he could bunt. He could bunt. Could he field though? <laughs> I feel like he would be able to field better than anything. I mean, he could oh, catch he the could ball. Field. He could definitely field. He can catch with his mouth, but he... Uh, Jesus. Yeah, and he, he runs back with the ball. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think if the Air Bud franchisees were smart, they would not have attempted that movie. Well, they're the ones who have a successful like 20-entry uh, movie collection <laughs> that apparently is selling very well because they keep Dude. making them. Dude, Ernest Borgnine was in an Air Bud movie. Ernest <laughs> Borgnine. 
I don't even know who that is, but he sounds like a guy who apparently should not have been in an Air Bud movie. He was like a classic, uh, classic Hollywood actor, right? I just yeah, know. he was. Uh, he got a he got an Academy Award for that movie. I think it was called Marty or something like that. Wow, Academy Award and, winning Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> and what Air Bud Twelve, uh, <laughs> the the uh, NASCAR yeah. dog or something? What you? I think it was. I think it was an Air Bud movie where he where they were digging for artifacts in Egypt. My kids watched it. I swear to God, it was like an Indiana Jones crossover <laughs> type of deal. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. There's like the spinoffs. There's the superhero Airbuds. It's all. It's out of control. Oh it's crazy. Goodness. I bet you someone's made a porn parody too. I would hope so. I would hope so. <clears throat> oh God. All right, Chris. Let's talk about the crow. T- tell us a little bit about your your crow history. Okay, so. Um, I actually did not see it in the movie theater. I was 11 when it came out mm-hmm. and I remember my mom was for whatever reason against me wanting to see it. Mm-hmm. Was it, was it rated R? It was like, was it PG 13? Yes, or R? it was rated R. Oh, okay. It was R, but it wasn't because of the, like the rated R, like they let me watch like movies like new Jack city and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and predator. But for whatever reason, my mom like got it in her head that there was like satanic elements okay. in this movie, and, and you know, there's like a sat- I would call it satanic adjacent elements in this movie. Right. Um, satanic but, uh, adjacent elephants or elements? <laughs> elements. Okay. Sorry if I'm not coming in clear. Yeah. yeah. No, that's actually uh, kind of disappointing. Elephants, <laughs> yeah. Uh, satanic elephants sounds like a, a villain in like the third Dumbo straight to DVD movie. Um. The one where they but, go to Egypt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the Aladdin Dumbo crossover. Um, but uh, so anyway, so my mom didn't let me see it, but she let me buy the soundtrack to the movie. Hmm. So I had that on CD. Very popular and, uh, soundtrack. Was, yeah, especially if you played in reverse. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, one that of was the huge. most popular soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a great soundtrack. It had what? Rollins Band, Pantera. Uh, what else? Stone Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots, Nine Inch Nails, Rage Against the Machine. Wow. Um, it had Ernest uh, Borgnine, weirdly. (laughs) Ernest Borgnine was on it. Actually, you know what? I grabbed a bunch of stuff for like show and tell for this podcast. And I had my liner notes for the Crow City of Angels soundtrack. Oh. But I don't have, I don't have the liner notes for, um, the original. Uh, hold on one second. I'm turning off my virtual background so you can see better. Oh my um, goodness! Well, now we just see. So uh, anyway, hold on. So here are the liner notes to the uh, the Crow City of Angels soundtrack, but I don't have. I have my liner notes for the other one in my house, but at any rate, yeah, it had um, it had a ton of great a ton of great uh, artists on there, mm-hmm. and I listened to it over and over again. And then eventually, my mom let me rent the VHS tape okay. at a uh, when drugstores like big pharmacies like RX World or whatever uh-huh. they actually had like a video yeah they had like yeah. a video rental uh-huh. section uh-huh. I, I, the grocery store I went to had one and they always had like the weirdest most obscure horror movies I don't know why I just read the back covers while my mom shopped yeah exactly. Like it almost felt like something you shouldn't be doing, but you did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I rented it, and then I was hooked. And you know, I don't remember if I learned. 
I think I knew that he died. Brandon Lee died when he was filming it, I think. But that wasn't like the allure that I had. I just wanted to watch it. I still remember I was like, oh, man, uh, Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters is in it. It's got to be a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, Winston, I'm in. So I just I just remember wanting to watch it. And I saw it the first time and I was hooked. And I just, you know, from that point on, I had it on VHS and then when the Crow City of Angels came out, I saw that in the theater with my dad. And even as like, and that movie came out two years later mm-hmm. and it was a disappointment to me, but I still liked it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I started buying up um, comic books and really getting into it. And my, my best friend and I, do you remember like, so I grew up in New York state. So did you ever go to like your mall and did they ever have like, you know, collectibles, like fairs that would come like sporting, uh, sporting yeah, cards. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So th- there was a booth that was selling these Crow, comic, uh, crow film. Oh, so my God. I have, the, I have the entire set. And wow. I learned all the trivia from the back of all the, the cards here. So you know all um, Crow trivia pretty much. I would say I know a pretty solid amount of it. There are some things that weren't talked about on these cards that, mm. you know, you just dig into the movie a little bit more. But, yeah, there's like um, – I know a lot. I probably know more than I than I need to know. Um, oh, yeah, I doubt you would but, ever need to know that. I mean, I've never encountered a situation where it's like, you know, I lost something because of my lack of crow trivia knowledge. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the, the but, co- I've never you know, been in a situation where like the cop probably would have let me go <laughs> if I if I could have brought up the crow with more yeah yeah knowledge. But yeah, who who played who played T Bird in the Crow? Like no, that's yeah. So uh, no, but um, uh, you know what's interesting is, and I and I said this on my podcast when I was recording it. I actually re- recorded the first episode of my podcast, Humble Brag, on February first. And February 1st, 1965 was Brandon Lee's birthday. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. interesting. So, um, yeah. So uh, I was actually disappointed that you weren't wearing crow makeup today. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking about doing that. Then I thought that maybe the kids, when I would pick them sure. up, would have gotten freaked out. Right, right. Your daughter is going to be like, oh, my God, dad died and is coming back for vengeance. And this all happened while I was in dance class. <laughs> It's all my fault. Yeah. Um, um, but I will. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, was, I was just going to ask, where, did you get into the gothiness? I, I remember like that, that kind of inspired the goth movement from what I remember in a lot of ways. So, um, oh yeah, by the way, another, another group that we totally, speaking of goth, like the cure is mm. also on that album. Of course. Oh. And, and, uh, you know what? It's interesting is that I always seemed like I was like an observer of the whole thing. Like I never immersed myself in being like, but I, you know, I collected everything. I collected the action figures and the dioramas and all this. Um, but I never got into the gothiness of it. Mm -hmm. I never committed to the gothiness of it. And I would say that the movie brought out a lot of gothic tones. And I think, um, I actually read a lot of like, you know, and doing a lot of research, People would would say like, oh, this movie came out. This is a movie for us kind of putting the goth into Mm. the mainstream. So the goth people were always there, but just 
you know, Tim Burton kind of scratched the surface in yeah, 89 definitely. with with the first Batman movie. There was a lot of gothic elements there. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, totally went like totally yeah. just yeah. went all in on it. Yeah, definitely. Um, all so, right. Go ahead. So, I was going to say, Ooh. and again, this isn't going to be video, so this is kind of useless, but a caliber this is Christmas. one of the first. Yeah, this is one of the first appearances of the character written by James O'Barr, and you can get a sense for his drawing style, and it's absolutely beautiful if you ever get a chance to ever look at one of the graphic novels that he drew up. The, the artwork is just really, really, really nice. And mm-hmm. it's black and white. And it's just really good stuff. But this is one of the first appearances in a caliber Christmas. It Again, very independent comic book um, label. James O'Barr started writing the, the, the Crow as a result of his girlfriend dying uh, due to a drunk driving accident. Oh, my God. And that's how he got his inspiration wow. to do wow. the comic. Didn't know that. That's interesting. Well, let's get to a uh, confession here. This is from Eric Ford, Boise, Virginia. Uh, The original Crow is a must-watch for me every Devil's Night, October 30th. I think the pacing of the movie is perfect. I know there are some pretty cheesy moments, but I love the chemistry between Brandon Lee and Ernie Hudson. I think Michael Wincock's character is one of the most badass villains. He doesn't have to say much. He just oozes badassery. Favorite scene is probably when Eric Draven shows up at the club looking for Skank, and Draven ends up pretty much killing nearly everyone there. That line, you're all going to die, is perfect. Hopefully that's not too dark. So I would say that I agree with pretty much every single thing that that person just said. Um, I think that Michael Wincott's villain is fantastic. Michael Wincott, by the way, if anyone doesn't know who that is, it's the same guy who played Guy of Gisborne in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Guy of Gisborne? Um, all, Who is Guy of Gisborne? I remember all the other characters. He's the sheriff of Nottingham's cousin. Oh, that's right. He's like his right-hand man. Yeah, the one that's like, oh, well, at least I didn't cut out your, your heart with right. a spoon right. or something like that. Yeah. Um, so God, that he's was got a that dark really movie, gravelly voice. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah, and it had and it had witch elements in that mm. one, too. It had, you know, the, the dark arts kind of yeah, elements yeah. in that movie, but it, uh, we could we could get into Prince of Thieves, like the fact that Kevin Costner was the only dude that didn't speak in an accent. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else around him was trying to do a British right. accent, <laughs> even Christian Slater. So, um, yeah, but what the confessional just said. I also the the only thing that I would say is that that gunfight shootout is probably my second favorite scene in that movie. My first favorite scene in The Crow is when he kills uh spoilers uh for those that haven't seen the movie jimmy um when he kills t-bird um he straps and basically duct tapes his his body to the inside of his car and t-bird is basically coming to the realization that a he's gonna die and b the person that's about to kill him is someone that he thought he killed and he just you know it's such a good scene uh between him and david patrick kelly and then basically he drives him off this dock uh, and this grenade goes off in between his legs like this flare and just blows up his entire car. The atmospherics are great. Mm -hmm. And then he lights this big crow bird out of fire. Oh, yeah, I remember that That, part. 
that's like that's in every trailer basically mm-hmm. but yeah. that's probably my favorite scene and then the gunfight scene would be my second favorite scene mine is the chili dog scene wasn't there a chili dog ordered in that film yeah very first uh pretty much the the right after the the uh the flash forward you know when they say one year later after yeah. the main death um he's sitting ernie hudson is sitting there with sarah at a hot dog stand yes. and he orders yeah he orders a hot dog yeah. with onions and sarah says i'm not gonna get onions they make you fart yes yes I, and i thought that girl was like the coolest when i was in seventh grade dude i had a total crush on that girl me too um you know like uh but she hasn't been in a movie since really no what does she do these days i think she just lives in canada <laughs> you can do that as an occupation <laughs> yeah that's uh, her occupation okay. a canadian resident man yeah um all right let's get let's uh, read another one here this one's going in a different direction this is from jennifer loving dallas texas as a self-identified goth, I saw The Crow, but never really cared much for it. I was just indifferent. Nothing about it actually appeals to me, mostly because I'm not really big on revenge in general, and especially not revenge fantasies. What do you think about that, Chris? So I read her confessional actually yesterday when you had posted that I was going to be on your show. Mm-hmm. And I could totally see her... Her point, and again, I think it goes to, you know, whether or not, like, oh, uh, you know, this is goth, but, like, goth light. Like, if someone's really into, you know, the goth culture, mm. they may go, oh, this is, like, watered-down goth, you know, right. and, which is fine. This I'm is amateur judging, hour. Yeah, this is amateur hour in, in goth city. Um, but what I would say is, is that I get why you would not be into the revenge fantasy, and I guess, you know, part of it, and you know, this is confessional on Chris's part is that I think that, um, a lot of this, you know, I was bullied a lot, um, in elementary school and in junior high. Mm-hmm. And I just like the, I, the idea of just being like, you know, not killing people, but just like <laughs> being powerful and one sure. messing with you basically, and just being impervious oh, to yeah. other people's, other people's, you know, in my case, it was just what damage they were inflicting on me, just being impervious to all of mm-hmm. it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I kind of, I really dug that aspect of it and that part spoke to me, but yeah, I can understand why, you know, you wouldn't be into, you know, just all out murder, death, kill, revenge fantasies. What, what, what movie do you think a a full fledged goth would, would say accurately represents them? Uh, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, That, that lady on, um, on that. CSI show with like the studded uh, collar and pigtails. Yeah, Criminal Minds yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, dude, I don't. I honestly don't. I can't think of anyone outside of that that woman from Blair Witch Two, and then the one you just mentioned. Um, I don't know what other goth type the craft. Movie the craft, yeah, yeah, maybe, but I don't know how many people were like, ah, yeah, the craft. I mean, I don't know. I was um, in like ninth grade, and and the goth kids that I knew seemed pretty into it. I I actually, I mean, I own it on DVD. I think the craft, and the craft is another one that has good music on it too. I mean, they, um, but yeah, Feruza Balk definitely like had that very gothy oh yeah to her absolutely um 
the dark makeup, the whole thing. Um, I'm trying to think what other, I can't think of another one off the top of my head outside of that. All right. Yeah. Well, Sorry. um, what about all like big loser? What were you going to say, Jimmy? I was going to say, what about all like the Tim Burton stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. Before Christmas yeah. and stuff? Is that gothic? I would oh, think so. Oh, Edward Scissorhands. Right, yeah, that's gothic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands probably would get you close to that. Sure. Um, like, and if you think about it, if you look at what Brandon Lee is wearing in The Crow, that very tight leather outfit, it mm. looks a lot like what Johnny Depp wore in Edward Scissorhands, mm. which was three years beforehand. Right. Um, what I really like, and by the way, just a, uh, here you oh, go. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I love a good action figure. I, I really, uh, I kind of like these th- this new adult action figure trend, you know? Like, it's it's kind of cool, because so I love... I actually, I worked at a KB toy store oh, when nice. I was um, when I was in high school. Hmm. And I bought, I have one of these still in the box, mint. This is part wow. of the the, uh, the Todd McFarlane nice. line. Fun that he did um but uh yeah anyway so but you can see here it like he has like during the movie he starts getting like his outfit ripped up and you start seeing he's like duct taping it mm-hmm. it's like little things like that that were really cool touches on the costume mm-hmm. in the movie nice awesome well let's yeah. uh let's talk about the sequels real real quick chris you you, you kind of <laughs> like the second one right actually dude the second one Okay, so the way I rank them, it's The Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a spoiler for my franchise at uh, Audience of Two. Um, it's The Crow. Uh, it's The Crow Salvation, which is the third movie. Right, Edward Furlong. Then City of Angels, and then Wicked Prayer. Wicked Prayer was the one with Edward Furlong. Oh, okay. Okay. The Crow Salvation um, is... It starred Kirsten Dunst, mm. by the way, and Eric Mabius, who was in that show Ugly Betty. Um, mm. He, uh, the uh, why I like that one the most is because it has a murder mystery element to it. He's basically framed for the murder of his girlfriend mm. and put to death in the electric chair, and he comes back. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to figure out who was responsible for the death of his girlfriend while basically running through all the people that he figures out, like, you know, were part of her murder, mm-hmm. but, you know, he was trying to find the kingpin, basically. Right. Um, there's a, there's an element of the movie The Fugitive in it, because he's, like, looking for the man with the scars on his oh, forearm, which wow. is a lot like I'm looking for the one-armed man. Sure. Um, and I really like that one. But, yes, uh, I do have... The Crow, City of Angels, the entire set of trading cards. Wow. And I have, guys, I know, if I was single, I know, I know, <laughs> you know, save some for the rest of I know, of what's, you. I know. what's the point of having all this stuff if you're not single, you know? Yeah, well, you know, this is stuff that I collected when I was a kid. Right. Um, And, and then I have the Crow, City of Angels motion picture nice. guide. Who needs that? Wow. Um, yeah, I remember there being and, like a neon yellow water splashing around or something. Yes. So that's <laughs> when that? Ash Corvin comes back from the dead, which is a great resurrection scene, by the way, when he comes out of the water after he's dumped by Iggy Pop and the gang. Um, the, you know, the other thing about the Crow series to me 
this is just one observation I made, is that some of the people that have appeared in those movies mm. have gone on to have like really good careers. Um, Thomas Jane was one of the bad guys in City of Angels, and Thomas Jane went on to be, you know, he he did The Punisher, mm-hmm. he did The Mist, he did um, the show Hung. Then in the third movie, this is the one to me I think has the best career out of all of them is Walton Goggins, hmm. who was in um, Justified and he's been on Vice Principals. He's um, mm-hmm. super like super big um, character actor, but really really good. Uh, Fred Ward from Tremors was uh, in The Crow Salvation. William Atherton, who was also in Ghostbusters, was in The Crow Salvation. Hmm. You had Iggy Pop, who was in City of Angels. Right. Um, Mike, I don't know if you know the name Ian Drury, D-R-U-R-Y. Doesn't ring a bell. He was a punk rocker. Yeah, I'm sure if you look him up, you'd, you'd recognize him. But he was in City of Angels. The Yellow Ranger from Power Rangers, oh, yeah. Trang, was hmm. a... Was in uh, City of Angels. Who, and who's, who had, weirdly would transform into a, a man's body type whenever they were in the suits. You remember that? Like the, Yeah, it's weird how they did that. Well, yeah, it was like, obviously, like the, the Japanese footage, the Yellow Ranger was a dude. Yeah. And they only had the pink one as a woman. And uh, so, yeah. so you could... I, it blew my mind when somebody pointed out that out to me as a kid. Uh, And, you know, moving on to the Crow Wicked Prayer, the only good thing about that movie is that um, it had it was Dennis Hopper's last film um, appearance. Wow. So they were getting big stars um, even for the direct to video ones. Yeah, I mean, but Dennis Hopper in that movie looked really bad because he was already like fighting cancer and stuff. It was Uh pretty sad, but he was in that. Um, David Borneas from Angel was the bad guy in mm. that movie. Who, um, Tara Reid. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I look, I'm one of these people that I go all in on something. Sure. So, like, if, if I'm going to start collecting, like, yeah. I get everything. I think right? that's awesome. So um, you've got a pretty good collection. What, what other uh, pieces do you have at home? I have the a large... A large crow maquette, um, still in box cool. from um, from McFarlane. I also have uh, a clo- a crow snow globe that I bought at Hot Topic uh, <laughs> in 1998, 99, and it was $35 then. <laughs> oh my so God. I didn't have any girls to spend money on, Apparently. so I just, you know, bought well, that. Well, you, you got to get the snow globe, before, and then you start getting the girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really an investment if <laughs> yeah, you think about yeah, it I was like, before the egg thing. Yeah, the ladies walk into my room. I'm like, hey, have you seen this crow snow globe? And then the panties just drop immediately. Like, oh, my God. Right. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> it seems like, do they always um, have to find an excuse for the, the new crow guy to, to put on the makeup from the first one? So, you know what? Like, that's another reason why I like the crow salvation. Because in the crow salvation, when he dies, they have like a mask on him in the electric chair. And it basically gets fried on his face. Oh, that's cool. So when he when when he resurrects and he pulls the mask off, it rips his flesh off. Whoa! And he and he has this like the markings. That's pretty cool. But if you read the comic books, there's a different explanation for why people put the makeup on, and uh-huh. there's 
different variations, not just the lines. There's actually one um, in the crow flesh and blood. It's a female crow and she draws like she paints a crow outline on her face and blacks mm. it out. It's very cool. That does sound um, cool. There's like uh, there's one where it's a Native American guy. And so he kind of incorporates Native American um, face paint into mm. his uh, into his makeup. So there's a couple of cool explanations in that. Uh, I have I've I'd like to think that I have every single crow comic book. I even have the crossover that they did with the X Files. Whoa. Um, which is right here, incidentally, in my bag of tricks. Oh my goodness. Wow. So how was they, that one? They did a crossover with the crow in the in the three uh horsemen from the X Files. Hmm. So yeah. Wow, that's awesome, man. Really into it. I'm waiting for him to pull out a Cheryl Crow CD. <laughs> oh, oh! I have, uh, I have the Counting Crows. <laughs> there you, you go. Me over here. There you go. Right. All right. As long as you don't have, it's not as long as not black the Black Crows, crows dude. Yeah, yeah. She talks angels. I'll, I'll take Black Crows over Counting. Black Crows, crows over Counting Crows. Easy. I Easy. don't know. Mr. Jones, good song. <sighs> okay. Um, you know what's funny is that that year actually i remember on mtv they claimed they called it the year of the crow because the year that the crow came out the black crows really got mainstream the counting crows got mainstream and cheryl crow got mainstream all in like around 94. really hmm. wow wow yeah well crowbar didn't do very well yeah crowbars yeah <laughs> they were old news they were by then yeah, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got we got kind of a long one here, but this is really interesting. This is from uh, Bridget Simino, who was a, who was a guest here once uh, from Baltimore. And this is just an interesting story she had around the crow. When I was in sixth grade, I went to my friend Stephanie's father's house in Tony Taneytown. Her father's girlfriend's fourteen-year-old son had gotten busted for helping his father run guns, so he had an ankle monitor. He ended up being my first kiss. We went to a pool party the next day, and the adults all got drunk. When my friend and I were changing in the bathroom, the 14-year-old tried to break in. My friend's father proceeded to flip out on the kid. Then the mother got into it, and the son, trying to protect the mother, hit my friend's father on the head with a toy truck, gashing it good. Uh, He pulled some wires in the mother's car so she couldn't follow us. And we went back to the apartment and all slept on the same waterbed with a piece of furniture pushed up against the locked door to keep the mother out just in case. The next day, Stephanie's father took us to see the crow as a consolation. First off, I read that story and I was like, wow, just <laughs> wow. I don't, my story is not that good at all. Yeah, it's that's almost a, That's like a great story. It's almost like one of those, what is that, a shaggy dog story where it goes in all sorts of directions and then just gets to the point in the last sentence you know yeah there's like no crow relation until the very end no it's yeah it's a long walk but yeah i mean hey you know what she's never gonna forget when and how she saw the crow right it's kind of like where were you during kennedy's assassination exactly kind of thing yeah i think we all have that um so what wasn't there a tv series at one point chris yes i'm glad you brought that up i actually own it it's I'm sure you do. TV, TV Guide actually, I don't have it with me. TV Guide actually produced like the DVD set starring Mark DeCascos, who was in, um, who is the chairman of the American version of Iron Chef 
Hmm. And um, he was also in that movie, Only the Strong, where they did Capoeira. Hmm. And uh, now this this one Coy- was the TV series within the movie continuity. Yeah. So he played Eric Draven, Brandon Lee's character. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like they in the first two episodes of the of the series, they redid the first Crow movie. And then he and it turns into like this. He's almost like this crime problem solver, kind of like Knight Rider type thing. Mm-hmm. And he changes into the crow at will. Oh. And uh, it also has, there's an episode uh, where Corey Feldman Whoa. guest stars. Nice. Does he play and one of the Frog brother. Brothers? No, actually, yeah, one of the Frog Brothers, <laughs> but he guest stars as Eric Draven's brother. Wow. So are you a fan of it or? Uh, yeah, I, I I watched the entire series. Unfortunately, it you know got canceled. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, but it was good. Um, Eric, you know I like Mark Dacascos, so um, okay. yeah, it was a good series. But uh, yeah, guys, I got to run. Unfortunately. All right, man. Well, this has been a great talk. What's the name of your podcast again? Is the it's called Franchise It. And Mike, Franchise I really it. appreciate you having me on. Of course. Um, I'm sorry that I have to go. That's and all right. Jimmy, thanks for everything, dude. Absolutely. Good seeing you again, man. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, later. Bye. Bye.